everybody, welcome to a VHS Playback mini episode. Uh, this is where we're going to rate and review the last film we watched, uh, which was The Mighty Ducks last week. Uh, I'm Rob Cousinaw. I'm Cordelia Grimm. Tom Besty. Uh, and I'm Josh Cousinaw. Josh is our producer who's joining us today. Uh, so before we get into uh, the uh, review, I would like to see about how do you guys think that this movie let's let's see what Roger Ebert thought of this movie let's do it let's hear what I Roger think, Ebert's thoughts I think were Robert Roger sorry Roger yeah, how many Ebert, stars are you guys thinking I think I think it got I think it got a pretty pretty R rating I think I think he'd get probably would have given this movie um two or three stars have we ever decided how we many don't know stars? we don't understand we this never, rating system we never did. I thought, in the slightest he always gives it like three or four I'm always I'm always I'm, I'm gonna give you my my hypothesis on this yeah. I think it's like thumbs still so I think it's like you know seriously I think it's like a thumbs rating I don't know we it's haven't like looked this up out. at all so I think it's like you know four stars you know as a max rating or whatever I'll tell you guys right now this is the shortest review oh really of his that I've seen it was a kids huh. movie yeah so uh, wait according to what was your guess for stars from uh, Big E uh, two. I'll say two. Nope. I'll say three. Oh, it's a four-star review. So oh, Josh, wow. oh, our producer, looked cool. up how the All star right. system works. So wow, it's a four-star okay. review. Yeah. Josh, what was your guess on his Mighty Ducks rating? Uh, does he do half stars? Uh, he could. I'd say two and a half. Okay, it is two stars. Two stars. He Show wrote, star. The Mighty Ducks is the kind of movie that might have been written by a computer program. It tells <laughs> oh, a story oh. that has been told time yes. and time and time yes. and time again. Thank you. About the misfit coach who has handed a team of kids who are losers and oh turns them God. into winners were redeeming himself. Jesus Christ, Even the exactly. usual supporting characters here, <laughs> the opposing coach who uh, persecuted the hero when he was a kid, the kid who has a divorced mother that the hero falls in love with, oh my the God. tough rebel kid <laughs> who only needs to channel his anger. The movie is set in Minneapolis and deals with peewee ice hockey leagues, I have earlier seen this uh, same plot applied to baseball, the Bad News Bears, <laughs> football, Wildcats, basketball, Hoosiers, and even hockey before, Youngblood. I have no idea what that is. Uh, the evidence is clear. Hollywood likes this plot. If you are a would-be uh, screenwriter desperate for a sale, rent the videos of all of these movies and simply apply the formula to the sport that hasn't been covered yet. Fuck the yeah. lacrosse team, maybe. <laughs> Pay special attention to Hoosiers, uh, since that's the good one. Uh, the film stars Emilio Estevez's coach. He's a lawyer who gets arrested on a DUI, and his boss, the crusty Mr. Ducksworth, thinks it would help him to slow down if he goes on a leave of absence from the firm and coaches a peewee hockey team. Uh, Estevez arrives at the first uh, practice session in a limousine, inexplicable in plot terms, but good for some inane scenes in which the little hockey stars flatten their noses against the glass and the season starts. The screenplay by Stephen Brill leaves nothing to chance. There's not a single surprise in this film, not even <laughs> one small fucking one uh, to show Roger. he's even a good sport. We march in lockstep past the obligatory flashbacks to Estevez's own childhood when an evil coach uh, made him feel worthless after he missed an important shot. Of course, this is the same village who, villain who is coaching against the opposing team of the Ducks now. What? There are more obligatory stops on the way. To the end, we see how bad the Estevez team is during the early games. We endure the name change to the Ducks, uh, so named after Mr. Ducksworth. We'll pop a, a new uniform. Uh, we'll pop for a new uniform. And then we hear the team's w new war cry. Quack, 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 quack. All leads to the <laughs> big playoff games. No prizes for predictions. Uh, 
which team wins or whether everything depends on the big final shot or which coach makes a stirring speech about how it doesn't matter so much whether you win or lose. It's how you played the game. It must be said that this movie is sweet and innocent and and that at a certain level, it might appeal to younger kids. I doubt if its ambitions reach much beyond that. Thank you, Roger Ebert. I mean, I agree completely with Roger Ebert, but I was a kid when I saw this movie and I fucking liked it. Absolutely. So, I think I liked it. But we're not going to get into me also, yet, yeah. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys a question. We're on Rotten Tomatoes tomato score. Okay. Uh, guesses for what do you guys think the audience score for this movie was and what do you think the tomato meter, the critic score was? I'm going to say audience is high. I'm going to say it's 64%. And I'm going to say critics is like... 42. Audience 30, uh, critics 20. Um, okay, so Josh, guesses? I'm going to say audience 80, and critics, I'll say 60. All right, so uh, audience score was 65%. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, critic score is 23%. Wow. Let's see what these critics have to say about the Mighty Ducks, shall we? Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So here's a positive review. While nicely layered with tough, com- conflicting uh, personal questions, Ducks ultimately flaps off it- into easy outcomes and pat uh, contri- contrivances. I don't know what that means, pat contrivances. Pat contrivances. Pat contrivances. I know what contrivances pat, are. I don't know what that means. Pat, P-A-T. Pat contrivances. Like huh. patented? Like simple? I don't know. I guess, yeah. Uh, still, it's an overall charmer uh, with director Stephen Herrick. Uh, keeps it flying with a nifty mix of slapstick and action. Here's a bad review of it. Uh, very lame ice hockey flick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here's another one. Not uh, slapshot. <laughs> uh, this film is remarkably obvious uh, to the fact that if the team weren't hell-bent on the championship, young moviegoers would be significantly less interested in its adventures. I don't understand that review. It's saying like, I don't understand that review. Whatever. It's like, okay, they're going to go play hockey. Uh, Stephen Brill, who has a small role in the film, constructed the screenplay uh, much as one would put together some of those particle board bookcases from Ikea. (laughs) Burn on Ikea, I guess. Wow. Um, So, yeah, we can move on from that bullshit. Uh, So... Yeah, uh, so uh, Tom, why don't you give us a little bit of trivia about the Mighty Ducks? So going on IMDb here, and a um, couple things about our uh, character Charlie, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal auditioned for the role, oh, uh, but his but his parents wouldn't let him do the movie, so the producers ended up casting Joshua Jackson. Also, um, Leonardo DiCaprio auditioned for the part of Charlie. Um, in similar fashion, Juliette Lewis tried out for the part of Connie, oh, okay. but lost out to uh, Marguerite M- uh, Morrow. Is that uh, is Connie probably Charlie's mom, right? I think no, so. No, Connie was a figure skater. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. really? I Connie think so. was yeah. the female. Wait, Julia Louis-Dreyfus tried out for Connie? Yeah. Uh, that can't be right. She's around the same age as me and the rest of us. She could not have tried out to be the figure yeah, skater. I guess she would be like 10 years old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, funny thing about Gordon Bombay, Emilio's part, right? Um, Char- uh, Charlie Sheen was offered the role of Gordon Bombay, but turned out, uh, turned it down, and later his brother, Emilio Estevez. I think that would have been hilarious Wait, if Charlie Sheen... Wait, time out. Did you really not know that yeah, Charlie Sheen is Emilio Estevez? I even brother? knew that. That's Guys, insane. I'm trying to make podcasting gold. It's insane because yeah. I knew that. Ridicule me. I knew yeah. that. What is your deal? I have no idea. Corey, <laughs> what the fucking fuck? Waiting. <laughs> 
I think we should do one like someone should scream at someone every uh, many episodes. Oh, I one one more which I thought was kind of interesting. Adam Banks is referred to as a cake eater, which this term is actually known throughout Minnesota and refers to people who live in the city of Adena, a suburb of Minneapolis. So apparently this movie takes place in cake Minneapolis. Eater. Um, a cake eater. A cake eater is saying a person is so rich that they have their cake and eat it too. Oh, oh it's like having their cake and eating it too. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> oh, I have a question. I have a question. If yeah. this were, if, yeah. if we were the Mighty Ducks, I mean, you know, oh, team um, um, VHS uh, playback, yeah. um, who would be, who would be uh, Bombay, Gordon? You know, I, think, uh, I, think, I think Rob. I think Rob, you'd be a perfect. Because uh, he's a drunk? <laughs> because, because, I don't know. I mean. I used to be. Uh, I think that, um, I think that, yeah, I could go with that. You know what I, you know, I think a better question is, a, a better version of Tom's question would be. No, there isn't one. What, uh, <laughs> what is your like quirky role on the team that is uh, VHS playbacks, Mighty Ducks? That's what your role is. Like Fulton is like the big angry bully kid. Uh, there's like the figure skater, the smart girl. Oh, yeah. What's yeah. your role starting with Cordelia? I think I'm like water girl. Like What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I made it on the team. Oh, oh, you're like the water yeah. girl. Oh, yeah. You're like, bitch, get I thought you were like a, some form of a mermaid. Yeah. Um, Tom, what's yours, do you think? I think, Charlie, I can't wait for my mother to get plowed by the coach. Um, just fucking, just, I am dying for it. Just, ugh. God. Rob's fucking your mom. <laughs> right. yeah, I, like think, I like to think of myself as Charlie's mother. <laughs> I, know, I think I think I, I think I'd be like the uh, I'd be like I felt I felt really connected with the redheaded kid with the glasses who was always mouthing off. Like that's probably not far off of what I was like as a kid, and I don't think I've come that far from that. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Josh. Uh, I think the role that I would fulfill would be the uh, the the young coach Bombay, just sitting in the spotlight, sat on the ice. For an indeterminate amount of time. <laughs> so, so okay, so like uh, you know, I, I, we could get into reviewing, but we should all talk about it before we give our reviews. So like, I I, I thought this movie was pretty fun, but I, I mostly had fun because we were watching it together. I I very much remember the sequel to this film more than this film. I think it's fucking it's so funny. It, I mean, I think this film is insane on so many levels. To be like, and maybe that was the time, but to be like in the nineties, be like, all right, big business lawyer who's a fucking drunk. Um, go teach these fucking kids. And then there was some just bonkers shit in this movie that, you know, whatever. It's a kid's movie, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's you got to take it as a kid's movie. I've been thinking about that, like, with my review. Like, right. how do I review this film? 30-something-year-old self or kid's yeah, yeah, you know, like, I mean, I got to pick the shit that was fun about it. But I, I will say, like... I mean, had we not all been making fun of this fucking movie, I would have checked out on it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, you know, not even making was, fun of the film. It was fluff. Making it was, fun of everything while it, we watched yeah. the film. It was egregious fluff made by Disney, and good for them. You know, I mean, you know, I, I, I like I said, like, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Josh, you were saying yeah, something about uh, uh, what you think, what you would change about it or something. What is your thought? Yeah, I, I think if I could change one scene in this film, what I would change uh, would have been when he went to the sports house uh, or house of sports the yeah. first time. House of sports. I would have had uh, that scene play out exactly the same way. He goes in, he gets the skates, he has the moment where everything's reignited for him, oh. and then he... Uh, Gets his team. He gets the funding for his team, and he says, I'm going to take you to this great place. We're going to buy everything. And he goes there, and the Haas of Sports has been closed for years. Oh, shit. Oh, that would have been been really good. I was going to say, he gets the new skates. He falls. 
because he hasn't skated in years, sm- just smashes his fucking head into the ice. End of movie. Blood rolls out from his head. <laughs> and then there's like a really weird cut. Yeah. And the movie picks up exactly how it was after that. Uh, so it uh, leaves uh, the choice in the audience's head whether or not he bled out on the ice that night and fantasized about what his life would have been like as a successful Pee Wee hockey coach. And finally beating the man that beat him as a child. Probably physically. Probably physically. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, like, uh, they're one of the, he's one of the coaches who would say, you know, fear is like, you know, leaving the body when you feel pain or something. That's what pain is or Who's, whatever. Who I'll, hurt you, Tom? Huh? <laughs> what? Who's hurt you, Tom? No, no, stop it. You know, I, I would have liked, you know, the Ghost Hasa Sports. Ghost um, Hasa's really good. Ghost Hasa Sports. And then the owner, that um, that uh, uh, Scandinavian fella, yeah, still the, the went to the hockey game. games. Yeah, like, you see him like every once in a while, you know. Yeah, and every once in a while, somebody be like, "Who are you talking to, Amelia or Bombay?" And yeah, Bombay. Like, yeah. yeah, I was just talking to the owner oh, of the hot ho- over there, over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then maybe like you know, the house of sport, house of sports guy, you know, gives him and when 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 there's the big win at the end, a wink, you know, from the bleachers or something, you know, yeah. like a kind of like you know, standing there with Obi Wan and. He's like a blue light Jedi ghost, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to think uh, Bombay just ran the concession stand, and this was also a big dream of his. only dream was to be a, a Pee hockey coach. Well, well, what's really funny about that is if that was his fantasy, in that version of his fantasy, he was like, "Well, I was a fancy lawyer, but I was like that. That life wasn't good enough for me. That life wasn't good enough for me." But I will say that, like, um, the movie did a lot of work at the end. Uh, to, to invent things that were important to us. Like the other team didn't really come off as bad guys at all, but they made a point to make the other team, to villainize the shit out of the other team. Yeah. But the other team is essentially Emilio Estevez, right? They're like these kids that have been driven to be the best they can be through like a terrible attitude adult. Like the other team is sort of victims to this like emotionally abusive adult as well. Yeah. The same way Emilio Estevez was. So like having them villainized at the end is interesting because like, they're him, right? And then the other oh, thing yeah, that it was yeah. the flying V was real fucking out of left field. Like, I swear I remembered them practicing it in this film, and they never did that once. It was literally like, do the thing I taught you, the flying V. And Save I was like, the big yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and then fucking they just do it. So I, I, I swear I remember that. But I guess we're moving into reviews, so we can start with well, our reviews. Why do, you, why do you start, Rob? I mean, no, you know, yeah, you're yeah. Anyway. So I think, I think so the way the reviews work is we each get 10 stars between Cordelia, Tom, and myself. Wait, wait, um, let, let me score. start. Let me, let, me, let me explain it, you know, and then you do the review. Anyway, our reviews start with, um, you know, it's a, um, it, you go on, Rob. I'm sorry. You should cut, <laughs> you should cut this all. You should cut this all out. Are you I'm sorry. With it? I was fucking with you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, uh, our reviews go 10 stars to Cordelia, me, and uh, Tom each get 10 stars. 30 stars is a perfect 90s uh, VHS uh, viewing experience. The lowest would be three stars. Uh, that said, uh, The Mighty Ducks is a movie that I don't have an affinity for. I definitely did for Mighty Ducks 2. I remember that film much clearer. I was playing peewee hockey, roller hockey at the time. I remember it being a good movie. I remember liking feeling included. There were some like chubbier, like dorky kids. I definitely fit into that mold. Uh, you know, I hung out with a bunch of fucking weirdos and that movie spoke to me. So I liked it a lot, uh, but that's not the movie we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the first Mighty Ducks movie, which I will give five stars to because it was five stars. fun to watch with you guys, but I don't know how much I would have enjoyed watching on my own. And it was like a trope-driven film that felt very frustrating at times. So I would say five stars. You know, I'm kind of with Rob on this one. Like, um, I, I kind of 
I thought this was super fun, but I definitely would have turned it off. And now in you know my late thirties, um, but I loved this movie when I was a kid. You know, we owned this in my childhood, and you know, I, my brother and I we must have watched it like a hundred times at least. So this brought back a lot of fun memories after not seeing it for twenty years. But but man, it was it was a pretty rough watch. I mean, everything was pretty pretty cut and dry, and you know the plot was. Definitely, you know, you've seen it a lot as Mr. Roger Ebert pointed out. Um, So I'm actually going to give it the same star review. I'm going to give it five. Five stars. The, the you know the funniest part of this movie was when Rob tried to hide a empty water bottle in the molding in the insulation above my head and it almost fell on me so I had to catch it. This movie was garbage. <laughs> okay, and you know the funniest part I think was obviously watching it with you guys. It's 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 uh, that's the legit funniest part. The best part about this was having to share this with you and um and it was really it was really awkward. You know I mean I I don't know I don't know many kids who are just like. You know, yeah, you know, I really hope you, you know, get with my mom and, you know, like, uh, whatever, you know, that's, it's silly. It's a silly, it's just, this movie is ludicrous. It's been done so many times. I agree with Roger Ebert, but I give it a two star. Two stars? Is that your lowest one? Yeah, I think it's our lowest star. So Josh doesn't get stars because he's producing and and it would screw up our rating system. But Josh, I do want to know what you thought of this film. Tell us about it. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I think that, uh. In, in the end, I, I agree with like the by the number sort of thing. I didn't feel like I got to know any of the characters very well, and the characters that I did get to know, it felt like I should have been watching something else. Everything seemed to have come by surprise to me. Of like, I, I never saw them practice, so I didn't see them earn their victory. I didn't see them practice the flying V. So when it came as a surprise at the end, there was no build up to it. It could have just been anything that he mentioned. Uh, that that could have been any moment there. Uh, and so when with all of that combined, like. If I was a kid watching this movie, I would have had a good time. I know that. Yeah. Uh, and if I was watching this just purely for the sake of, like, in that way, if, without trying to analyze it, look at the depth of it, I would have loved it. But 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 with this moment, at this moment, as I'm watching this film, I I don't know anybody in it. I know them visually. I know, uh, but but like, really? why why their school was why their school was like that? <laughs> that they were all in one room. They seemed to be of varying ages. That they're all writing the 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 it's like a bad dream. There there's so many moments in it where you jump into something, and the editing was so strange too because the cuts just put you from like they're on the ice, and all of a sudden you see the pro team ta- like check someone, and you're like, wait. Was that the child? To echo what you're saying, I think that like uh, what was really interesting about it is like everybody was like the tokenized version of what they were supposed to be. Like nobody in this film was a well-defined character. They were all an archetype based on like race, gender, size, where they came from, like everyone was the stereotype of what you wanted that character to be. It would be like, okay, here comes the bully kid. He looks like he listens to metal. He's fucking, for some reason, six years older than everybody else, but at the same grade as him. Here comes the girl. She must be a figure skater. She must be a little dainty, but she can play hockey. She's a little tough. Like, none of these characters had any sort of uh, definition outside of the stereotype that they were. So I agree with you completely. Josh, did you have more? Sorry, I mean to cut you off, bud. Um... No, I, I suppose that was that was really it. Uh, it like, the other thing that I would say is that visually, this movie was like was stunning, and the the costumes oh, yeah. that they picked as well uh, were were done very well because in every scene you could see like uh, 
you, you would have instances where the main characters would be wearing something vibrant right up in the front, and everybody else is wearing a muted tone, a beige, or something like that in the background. So you only notice those characters. Good production. Uh, you know what I'd like to do right now? I'd like us to do this. I think we should all go around the table and do this for every movie. We should all say one thing we really liked about each film. Okay, yeah. So jo- Josh, Josh, you're kind of already doing that, so finish your thought. Yeah, uh, I, I think that uh, they did a great job visually setting this film up, and, and they did some very interesting shots as well. They, they played it up at the end where they had a setup where there was a camera under the ice, so you're watching like you're watching that. Uh, God, I don't know sports at all. The thing where they try to like get the face the puck off. Away, the face off. Yeah, I only know that because uh, of Nick Cage and John Travolta. Is ice see through? Uh, yeah, I think so. But, uh, but, but like, yeah, I gave myself an eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know what you're saying. You can see through the, you like that they chose, you like that they chose more interesting angles than doing a standard sports movie. Yeah. I would say where this movie really, uh, shown in my opinion was, uh, through the visual storytelling of it, all the way down to like the way that the memories were portrayed as like that sort of fuzziness to it and spotlights on everything. Vaseline lens. That's Uh, like the term they would use for that back in the day. Uh, I think the goalie being a a literal demon, it would appear, uh, yeah, yeah. I think this movie was very well. Production design was great. I agree with you, Josh. I think that like what stuck out for me is directing kids is really fucking hard, and those kids look like they're having fun. They look like a group. They look bonded. It was very well directed and very well performed by the kids. Tom, I like how it was kind of a fever dream, and it really showed me that like you know if I were a lawyer, I could just like fucking ditch that job, <laughs> get like you know punished for my ditch multiple DUIs. <laughs> And, uh, you know, my punishment would be to pull, like, you know, coach a little league hockey team. You know, it really, it's really kind of like some, you know, desperate, some desperate drunks fucking, you know, like, uh, dream of, like, what life will be after, like, everything in reality would be completely fucked up. But because it's a dream anyway. <laughs> I really liked this movie as a kid. You know, and that's maybe it. I don't, I don't like anything about this film today. Yeah, fair enough. And I like, I like, I like making fun of it, though. That was great. Cordelia. Yeah, this movie definitely isn't for the 30-year-old self. Um, Okay, so maybe I'm not 30. I'm a little bit older, but (laughs) we don't like to talk about that. Anyway, as a kid, you know, this movie was so much fun, and I think this movie definitely brings a fun aspect. It it makes you feel like, yes, you didn't have to come for money. Yes, you can have your band of misfits and get something accomplished and, and, you know, take it all the way, and it, it was fun. And I think that comes across in the movie. You know, in a kid's point of view. Great. So, uh... 12 stars. So, 12 stars for the Mighty Ducks. Uh, not great. You know, we've had better. Uh, but let's talk about what we're doing next week. So, next week, you guys can get ready for Kevin Costner's most famous and powerful fucking film, Waterworld. Now, I am fucking hyped to make this to watch this film I, I actually met Kevin Costner once but I can tell that Stop story it. when we get into yeah, it I interviewed Kevin Costner we'll talk about that That's so crazy. we'll see you next time here on uh, VHS Playback uh, where we'll be watching Waterworld thank you for joining us for the mini episode I've been Rob Cousinaw I'm Cordelia Graham did you say you've been Rob Cousinaw I, I've been Rob Cousinaw oh, for now I've okay yeah, Tom, and I'm Tom Bestie. I could you? die before the next episode, and then that would be accurate. Uh, and Josh, you could sign off, big guy? Uh, I've been Josh Cousinot. You sure have been, you Thanks big son of a listening. bitch. Thanks for listening. Bye. I love you guys, uh, and thank you. I'll see you next week. Bye. Turn a phrase. Turn a phrase. <laughs>